The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to the Acme Pack and Company podcast feed. This is a NFL Combine mini pod for Wednesday, February 28th. This is Tex Western here at Acme Packing Company recording from here in Indianapolis. Uh, just wrapped up the first day of player media availability this morning on Wednesday. So we had the defensive linemen and linebackers coming through the room earlier this morning. Uh, broke down a few players, uh, got a few clips up on the Acme Packing Company Twitter and Instagram pages, so check those out. But I wanted to touch base on a few notable players uh, who came through and, and talked to the media today. One of the big ones was um, linebacker Edifuan Ulofosio. Uh, he was one of the best... Um, one of the best interviews, really, in this this entire day. Um, linebacker out of Washington, kind of a rangy guy. Justice and Tyler have talked about him on the Draft Talk podcast the other day when they really broke down the linebackers and um, and how they both really like him and, and have him rated a little higher than some of the consensus boards. But he's had a really interesting story. He's an older player. He spent six years at the University of Washington, but he grew up in Anchorage, Alaska, not a place known for putting out a whole lot of NFL players. Um, he's the son of a pair of Nigerian immigrants, and um, and then after living in Alaska for several years, um, they moved down to Las Vegas when he was in high school, and uh, he, he enrolled at Bishop Gorman High School, which is one of the bigger, uh, more prestigious programs across the country. But he had to walk on at the University of Washington and really earn his, um, earn his starting spot, and uh, due to a combination of injuries and things, he didn't really... Um, get to to make a big impact until this last season uh, when he started every game, had a, a all American consideration season and and now he's looking at potentially being uh, maybe a mid round pick, maybe you know late day two, early day three, hopefully, but uh, might be a really good fit potentially for the Packers as like a will linebacker. Um, we'll see obviously how he tests on Thursday. That's when the, the linebackers and D-linemen will take to the field at Lucas Oil. So we'll break down that a little bit later this week. But check out the write-up that I uh, put up on him up at Acme Packing Company. We've got a, uh, got a great clip of him telling a story about a run-in with a moose that he had when he was uh, six years old. A couple other players in the linebacker group that are notable um, with some, some Packers or Green Bay or, or Wisconsin connections. Uh, Peyton Wilson from NC State. He's generally seen as one of the top linebackers in this class. Tackling machine um, also has dealt with some injuries, but he's the little brother of Bryce Wilson, who's a pitcher, relief pitcher for the Brewers, and um, talked about how the two of them, uh, they're uh, just the the two kids in the family growing up in rural North Carolina, and uh, and how they really 
were, were really close together um, as, as brothers. They're separated by about three years in age. So um, so it would be pretty cool if, if he were to, to land in Green Bay and potentially end up being closer to his brother. Uh, would certainly make it easier on the family to have uh, both of the kids in, uh, in Wisconsin and, and doing, their, uh, doing their thing. Said he played primarily the will, the weak side linebacker at NC State, but likes the idea of the challenge of being a Mike in the NFL as well as potentially playing a will. Um, certainly seemed like a type of player who would embrace the, the challenge of calling the defense and having the, the speaker in the helmet. Also talked at length about his wrestling background and um, and how that plays into to his game. Normally you see a lot of that from defensive linemen especially, um, some offensive linemen as well, but um, interesting to see that from, from a linebacker. One of the things I think I'll be interested to see is where he weighs in and, and how he tests. He did say that he played in the high 230s for most of this season um, and, and feels like that's a good weight for him and, and lets him both be uh, powerful as a tackler as well as uh, being able to to flow and move quickly and, uh, and change direction as well. Another guy that uh, was was a great interview was Ohio State linebacker Steel Chambers, former running back. He switched over to uh, to the linebacker after two years at Ohio State. Um, he's a character. He's he's a little out there, and he he kind of has been flipping the script on NFL teams that that bring him in for interviews, and he's been asking them kind of wacky questions about animals. Um, just seems like that's that's one of those personality traits that he has is he likes sort of being a little subversive maybe and um and and throwing things out there he also um he, he referred to himself as quote a pretty weird guy um i think he also had the only dropped the only swear word that i heard in a player presser today um but a couple clips of him up up on the site as well he actually went to high school with jd bertrand who's also a linebacker in this year's class uh, who played at notre dame and they were apparently telling some some stories about each other. Um, Bertrand talked about how uh, Chambers took some ballet classes when he was in high school. Uh, and then Chambers talked about uh, uh, an accident or a, a little mishap that, uh, that Bertrand had. So check out that video as well. Um, defensive lineman wise, you know, certainly the Packers don't necessarily need any, um, any top, top level edge rushers at this point, given that, uh, Preston Smith and, and Rashawn Gary will be back. Touch on Preston in just a minute. But um, did talk to a couple of um, defensive tackles. One guy who, again, has a Packers connection is Chris Jenkins out of Michigan. Um, he's the son of uh, all-pro defensive tackle Chris Jenkins. But that's also um, he's also the nephew of Cullen Jenkins, the former Packers defensive lineman. Uh, it's interesting. He's, he's built much more like Cullen Jenkins was, uh, about 6'3", 305, something like that, whereas his dad was more around 350, 360 when he played uh, mostly with the Panthers. But I asked him about that, and if he, you know, if he takes any lessons more from from his uncle than his dad, and, and he just had to laugh, and and said, yeah, I might look like my uncle, but um, I've got I've got strength like my dad had. So he was uh, he was an entertaining guy to listen to, very charismatic and and very um, you know, seem, seemingly very happy to be there. He did also talk about how his very first football memory was going to a Panthers Packers game. Uh, in Carolina when Chris and Colin, his dad and his uncle, were playing against one another, um, getting to go out on the field and go check out the locker room. Um, but he did say that uh, that the Packers won that game, so so he and his dad were a little bit bummed out afterwards. But an interesting, um, yeah, fun little little tidbit there from, from Chris Jenkins. 
Um, one of the other things I was trying to get a little bit of a feel for from some of the, the players at this year's Combine is is guys who've played for Jeff Halfley, the new Packers defensive coordinator. Uh, got a chance to talk to two of them who played for uh, Ohio State in 2019 when Halfley was the co-defensive coordinator for that program. Uh, one was Javante Jean-Baptiste, who transferred to Notre Dame as a grad transfer this last year. Um, he was a, a reserve defensive lineman in 2019 and, and talked a lot about Jeff Halfley having a real attacking, aggressive approach to his defenses, and certainly that that, that worked for, for his team. It's going to uh, – that 2019 Ohio State team specifically. Um, talked about really just letting the, the front four – um, work in pass rush and then kind of trusting his his cover guys and his coverage schemes on the back end um, but but doing so in, in an aggressive way the other guy I talked to about Halfley a little bit was Tommy Eichenberg uh, the linebacker the other linebacker out of Ohio State um, Eichenberg was a redshirt freshman that season in 2019 um, excuse me true freshman that year um, he, he did redshirt that season um, and would go on to be a three-year starter for Ohio State but couldn't say enough about you know Halfley being being a great guy, having a good relationship with him, being really smart, and then being a really good leader um, in the room as a as a defensive coordinator. So, a few good things good good things to hear about Halfley. We'll try to follow up. Uh, there's a couple of Boston College players, and then um, maybe one or two more Ohio State defenders uh, coming up tomorrow when the defensive backs are in the media room. So. Try to keep following up on that, see what, what other information we can get just on um, how his players feel, uh, former players feel about, about Halfley. To wrap it up, um, one little bit of Packers news today. Uh, Preston Smith, uh, off, out, outside linebacker, now turned defensive end, um, renegotiated his contract with the Packers, so um, cut a little bit of base salary off of his deal and uh, reduced his salary cap hit by about $2.5 million dollars give the Packers a little bit of extra flexibility this season uh, with the cap. And then um, as part of that deal, he got some additional incentives, it looks like, based on reporting from Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Um, That's going to give him a chance to actually, if he hits those numbers, make more money than he would have before today's renegotiation. But um, it's a kind of a win, potential win-win for both teams. Packers get a little bit of cap relief. You know, Preston takes a, a little bit of a hit on the base salary, but gets some additional incentives to help him uh, potentially make a little bit more money. Uh, certainly the way that works with a cap, um, incentives that are not likely to be earned, uh, i.e. incentives that are there f- that uh, a player did not reach in a previous season, uh, don't count against the cap for, for the following year. So it uh, sounds like some of those incentives are, are, are revolving around him having double-digit sacks in 2024. Uh, that'd be a little bit of a step up from, from where he was this season. Uh, Preston was, I think, just short of that number in 2023. Gonna yeah, uh, eight sacks this this year. So he's been just a little shy of that in the last three years. Nine sacks in 2021, eight and a half in 22, eight sacks last year. So, but um, be interesting to see uh, how the Packers really do you know use that that new four three um, scheme under Halfley. If there's you know he he should have some more opportunities to to really just pin his ears back and and focus on rushing the passer as opposed to a lot of the coverage responsibilities that were put on him under the Joe Barry defense. Obviously, we've seen the the, the highlights and lowlights of, of him being one-on-one on occasion. Um, you know, the Devontae Adams play obviously comes to mind. So being down with his hand in the dirt, um, probably will have a little bit more of an opportunity this year to um, 
to get uh, get after the quarterback a little bit, and, and we'll see. Maybe that ends up making him a little bit of money. But with that, uh, the Packers have now made some adjustments to both of their starting defensive linemen's contracts, so Smith and, and Rashawn Gary, who, who had a, some roster bonus money restructured into a signing bonus and spread out for the next couple of years. Um, between the two of those guys, looks like they've freed up about $7 million in additional cap space, so that certainly will help with the flexibility of um, the free agent market uh, moving forward in the next couple of weeks. Uh, as just a reminder, the new league year starts on March 13th, so that's when um, free agency will officially begin. Uh, the negotiation period, the so-called legal tampering, tampering period, starts two days beforehand. And certainly it sounds like, based on Brian Gutekunst's comments on Tuesday, that um, the Packers are, are going to have a decision on uh, David, David Bakhtiari and his contract before that point. Uh, looking at that being kind of the deal uh, or the deadline for uh, making a decision on Bakhtiari. Again, if the Packers release him, uh, they can save about $21 million in cap space. Um, as we talked about with, with Paul Noonan on reporting his eligible yesterday, um, doesn't seem like it's you know, likely that there's going to be much of a trade market for him at this point, uh, given the the state of the the knee and the fact that he's still recovering from that cleanup surgery that he had earlier um, in the fall. So we'll see where that goes. Um, but for now, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow to break down the defensive backs. Certainly the Packers will have some interest in corners and safeties, I think, in this draft class. Um, and then... We'll be back in on Friday when the offensive prospects start rolling in. Quarterbacks, receivers, running backs are in the media room on Friday. So focus probably pretty heavily on the running back position uh, on Friday. Um, but again, drills begin on Thursday, starting with the front seven players that I talked to today. Uh, moving on to DBs on Friday, quarterbacks, receivers, um, running backs on Saturday, and then eventually wrapping up with the O-linemen on Sunday. So thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon, and go Pack Go!